0: Blood Talk Radio. your host, Raina Starr. Thanks for showing up later. Yay! We have a nice evening show set for you. It's going to get raucous. It's going to get rowdy. But first, if you are new to Desperate Housewitches, welcome. I am happy to have you. Desperate Housewitches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might have set you, this may not be the show for you, but y'all know that's why you tune in in the first place. Desperate Housewitches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for all of your witching needs. She has her special Merry, Merry Month of Morrison sale going on right now. It's the social media special of May. Check out the Facebook page. Get your limited edition candles while they're still around. There's only a few days left of the month, so go and get them. It's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. Okay, now that I got all that out of the way, somebody help me and find me a new theme song, because I am sick of that fucking theme song. But enough about that. Tonight, I have been waiting for this gentleman to come and speak with me. I am so excited. Wonderful speaker, amazing writer great humanitarian and warrior in his own right. The amazing Tomas Prowers is with me for the hour. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well. and excited to be here.
0: Yay! Okay. <laughs> so as I was telling Tomas earlier, the first time I saw you speak was during a Llewellyn con, of course, during the pandemic. And you were talking about Mama, Mama Muerte, which is a very iconic figure for many, many people. Um, And then I found out about Warrior Magic, and I was like, oh, yeah, please, yes, please, and thank you. I think you're an amazing speaker. I think you have an amazing voice. Um, I know that you come from a Catholic background. As I referred to Tomas a few minutes ago, he is a Molotov cocktail of Catholicism. Um, So you are not just a Latin person, but you're also Irish?
1: I am. I'm half Irish, half Mexican.
0: Wow. That must be, wow. So guilt guilt was heaped upon you at an early age, was it not?
1: (laughs) It was. It was. I mean, growing up Catholic, growing up Mexican, let alone both, it was pretty much mandatory Mm -hmm. that I go to Catholic school and raised and the mysticism of the church. So it was part and parcel of my upbringing, 100%.
0: That's, that's incredible. So actually, magic, from you know, people don't understand the correlation a lot of the time between the pomp and circumstance, the ritualistic nature, you know, the censure with the incense that fills the entire church. All of that it very much speaks to a pagan uh, methodology, correct?
1: Oh, 100%. Because a lot of people, um, when they think of, like, Christianity, they think of the Protestantism, uh-huh. which is where there's no statues, no Jesus on the cross, Scripture is everything it's in the mind. But Catholicism is the uh-huh. one that's really, you know, shiny, and the Pope and ornateness, and it's all ritual. It's almost polytheistic because all the saints have their own dominions, um, their own spheres mm-hmm. of power that you go to. I mean, like, when, when I was young, then, you know, you lost your car keys. You know, you pray to St. Anthony, and they would help you in everyday tasks. So the spirituality was infused in the daily act of living, not just on your knees in prayer. It was life.
0: Definitely. Well, you know, here's something interesting. I actually still pray to St. Anthony when I'm missing something. Is that counterintuitive, or is that something you you actually find part and parcel of the whole pagan uh, mindset?
1: I find it part and parcel because it's it just it's different entities, different names, but essentially it's mm-hmm. fulfilling the same purpose.
0: Agreed. Oh, oh my gosh. So oh, oh, yes, totally, totally, totally. So I wanted to ask you a question, and Tomas <laughs> so is so kind because I I asked him a question privately, and I'm like, listen, I'm gonna bring this up during our conversation. Do you mind answering this question? He was like, no, not at all. So I'm going to ask it right now. So, the term Latinx,
1: mm-hmm. where does
0: that come from? Is that an appropriate term for non-Latin persons to use, or is that something that, you know, I should not use that term? Please explain, because honestly, I'm an old person, and for me that is a <laughs> new term like in the last five years. So I, I, I would like to know the background. I'd like to use it correctly or not use it if it's not appropriate. Can you get into that a little bit for me?
1: Right. I, I would say, you know, everyone has their own personalness of different words. But in general, a Latinx or, you know, Latinx, it, it's the safest mm-hmm. word you can use because in in Spanish, unlike English, everything is gendered. Every, like the chair has a gender. Yeah. The TV has a gender. Everything has to have a gendered word to it, and it's very binary. It's either masculine or it's feminine. So if you were to speak to uh-huh. someone saying Latino, then that means, you know, a male Latin person or Latina, a female Latin person. So I remember back when I was young, the way we would skirt that was we would do Latinao, which is L-A-T-I-N, and then that at symbol because it's an A surrounded by an O. So it was both male and female. But now um, more people are being aware of non binary people, the NBs. So, you know, just masculine and feminine together no longer works. So you use the X, which is, you know, the symbol for put anything here. But it's, it's very much a for people to use about the queer Latin community. Um, in South America, when mm-hmm. I live in Argentina, we use Latine, which is L A T I N E. Um, as a way to make something different. I've never really heard people use Latinx living in um, Latin America. It's very much a a word used by English speakers to be respectful. So, yes, Latinx is 100% the way to go if you're not sure.
0: Okay. Okay, good. Thank you for clearing that up because I did have a friend who said to me, don't use that word. Uh, obviously a, a Latino gentleman in my life who is an older person. Now, I, I try to give allowances for yeah. older folks being like, I don't like your newfangled language, but mm-hmm. um, I remember language being new when I was using it as a young person in my 20s, 30s, 40s. Um, so I think language, like everything else, needs to evolve. So but I, I also wanted to be appropriate and not be disrespectful because the last thing I want to do is disrespect anybody um, because I have a multi-gendered, multicultural family myself was from different parts mm. of the world. Um, so I just I like to be respectful and I like to put the facts out there for folks who don't know because I don't claim to know shit. Honey, I don't know anything. So I, that's why I have this show so people can come on. And talk to me and teach me some shit so I don't do stupid things in public. See? That's how it works on this show. So (laughs) thank you for doing that for me. Um, You know, your book, Warrior Magic, really delves into um, bravery and fighting the good fight as we talk about it. for justice for all peoples and, and how important that is. And I wanted to ask you, because this is something that concerns me because of how I've seen America change and change mm. in recent history. Not that it hasn't changed all during the entire time. Of course, everything changes to different degrees. But I think, you know, the anger and the hatefulness which are not the same thing, folks. I'm angry all day. I try not to hate. I have a hard time with it, as my listeners know, because I get pissed off really easily with, with dumb things. Um, but do you think, because of how do I put this, I just see this increase of of reverting backwards and 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 Going back to the dark ages where women are losing rights now, and I am sure that, you know, people of color are going to, they're on the chopping block, and, you know, people who are gendered differently and not gendered at all, that's on the chopping block, you know. my My trans family I'm worried about. My gay family I'm worried about. You know, it's like I have all of these concerns. You know, my magical folks I'm worried about because I think everyone's a target. Am I overreacting? Am I underreacting? What do you think about this?
1: No, I think it's very okay to be worried. I actually have, very honestly, have a very pessimistic view of um, the future, especially of the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, trash country, mm-hmm. trash. I've lived outside of it. The United States is trash mm-hmm. right now. But with, I mean, it, it's yeah. dangerous to just travel the world and say the United States. I always stand from California, and I get treated okay. just fine. You say you're from the United States, uh-huh. you're dead to them. But the thing is with the anger, I mean, it, the pro, here's, here's what I say. And it's not a popular opinion, but it's the truth. And what it is, is everyone, us Americans, we are getting exactly what we deserve right now. This is what uh-huh. happens when you do not stand up. This is what happens when you do not take physical action and you rely on quote unquote democracy to happen because we do not live in a democracy as everyone's finding out we live in a very managed oligarchy there's no more countries there's IBM. there is apple there is tesla those are the nations of the world right now in this capitalistic world and so money speaks and whoever buys the biggest person I mean none of this is new but the fact that no one has done anything about it yeah that right. th- we are getting exactly what we deserve because we have not mm-hmm. fought for anything. We've sat down, we have bitched, we have complained, yep. we've peacefully yep. protested in pink hats. And what did that do? Nothing. If you are not using physical violence and you are not attacking them economically, they don't care. Yeah. Go ahead, yell outside the Supreme Court. So they know whatever you do, you're going to stop at the end of the day. Where's the justice for Breonna Taylor? Bitch all you want about children dying. It'll stop in a month. Yep. We do not keep it up, and we do not follow through with action, and this is what happens.
0: Is that part of why you wrote Warrior Magic, to to try to wake people up to see that there are
1: oh.
0: there are things that we need to employ and that, listen, uh, there's nothing wrong with, with wishing love and light. That's all cool, but that has its place, and its place is not every place, as we have found out. You know, my concern is we have sat on our asses so long and nobody realized that this country was being held together on a shared idea and a couple of handshakes that we thought we all agreed to until somebody came in and said, fuck it, I don't agree to any of this bullshit. We're going to do shit my way and fuck you if you don't like it. And now we have what we have, which I hope people are afraid.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the, the, we live in this, a lot of people have this strange, it's two things, it's extreme fear and an extreme optimism, which are hurting us simultaneously. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, we have this yeah. extreme optimism of the world and the universe will just naturally bend towards justice. It bends towards goodness. Goodness and love will always prevail. That's a bunch of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I lived in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It ain't really like that in Hollywood, <laughs> you know. But um, the other thing that's hurt – so we don't do anything because we think the cosmic universe will just sort itself out. And this is what happens when you have a hands-off approach and let things happen. It needs a guiding hand by good people. And the other time, um, you have the middle class who's too afraid to do anything because, you know, if they rock the boat too much, they'll get knocked down. And so they're so scared to lose anything that they never – do anything to maintain or gain because, you know, there's people having a buffet and we're starving because we're not marching up the table, grabbing the knives and getting a piece for ourselves.
0: Isn't it interesting? It's so true. And, you know, the whole thing about, listen, I've been poor. I've been dirt poor. I've been so poor that I had to decide if my rent was going to get paid or if the heat was going to go on, or if my kids were going to eat. So, I mean, I've had to make hard choices, So, and, but my, that is still nothing compared to what people really fucking go through, you know. I've had the white, um, the white version of a hard time, which, even when it's hard, isn't as hard as people have had to deal with. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? My hard time doesn't oh, yeah. fucking compare, you know? And I'm, listen, I'm not saying that, that folks don't go through difficult periods of time, but for, for folks like me, I'm going to be all right, you know? It's just mm-hmm. the truth. There's an inherent prejudice, and I've learned this through friends of mine. There's an inherent um, inequality, not that I chose it, but because it's just factual. You know what I mean? It's factual. I came out this color. Therefore, I have a whole different line of privilege from other folks who are not this color. I mean, am I right or am I wrong?
1: No, you're right. I mean, from my experience, I'm, you know, like earlier, I'm half Irish, half Mexican. But if you look at me, Mm -hmm. I look super (laughs) Irish. I'm, like, super white skin. I have red hair. You would never know. And so I've been in situations where you know, the good old boys club are talking about, you know, quote, unquote, those brown people, not knowing that I'm, like, technically one of those brown people. And it, it, the, yeah. the conversations have been horrendous.
0: Yeah. Like, how do you handle that when you're in that kind of a group? Is it, is it a situation where you feel empowered, like you need to say, hey, excuse me, I'm, one of, I'm what you're talking about, dude. I mean, because I have, like, I live in the South now, I'm from New York, I am I'm a, mm. a mix of lots of things, but I'm half Jewish, okay and mm. I live in the fucking South, and they don't quite like Jewish people, and, you know yeah. like, <laughs> people I've worked with have stood in a circle and talked about those damn Jews, and I'm like excuse me, I'm over here, and they're like, what do you mean, you're, you're you know, you're, you're Pentecostal, I'm like no asshole. I'm half Jewish. I was raised Pentecostal. It's not the fucking same thing. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had to get, I've had to shoot people down that could possibly control my income. But you know, you get to a point where you just don't give a fuck because I've been there for so long and I've proven myself and it's like, if you're going to fire me over this, then fucking have at it. You know what I mean? Because I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of people. I'm sick of stupid. I'm sick of, oh, you know, listen, I know the arc of justice tends to go in the right direction. That's that's something we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better. But I don't see the arc right now, y'all. I I, I just don't. I don't see the arc bending in the right direction. We have talked about this since 2015, that things were – if we weren't careful, some shit was going to happen. And a lot of fucking people who are liberals, when it suits them, ah, caveat, caveat, didn't want to do the right thing, didn't want to ensure the fact that democracy could continue, even though a lot of us explained you're listening to fake news, you're passing around bullshit articles as facts when they are opinion pieces, you're being controlled by bots. You're not looking at real history. You're looking up at made-up shit. And people did not want to hear it, and they did not want to listen. And and this is just one example of it. This is shit that's been going on since before the country became a country, correct? I mean, isn't that the reason why um, people go to other areas to escape some kind of persecution or, or, you know, uh, inappropriate... um, Prosecution. I mean, there, there's reasons why people go from one area to another, and it's it's not just an American story. It's a people story, correct?
1: It is. I mean, even for the U.S. ourselves, you know, with the, with the Pilgrims, there are people who are way mm-hmm. too puritanical themselves that got kicked out of Europe back in days. Mm-hmm. So those yeah. were our founders.
0: I know. So it, it just it, it kills wow. me that people looking for religious freedom are now so willing, you know, their descendants all these years later are so happy to take away the freedoms that they left to come here for in the first fucking place. It's just unbelievable to me how this <clears throat> big circle jerk happened. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, no, yeah, it's true. And, you know, to way circle back to that question, I realized I didn't answer <laughs> I was like what inspired me to write this and why. Um, mm-hmm. It's exactly that because this is before 2020 when I pitched the book and I was like, they're like, oh yeah, it's a great thing. Let's write about it because I was, you know, you yeah. know, to quote Network, I was mad as hell. You know, <laughs> I wasn't gonna yeah. take it anymore. And it's because it was strange oh. because I, you know, naively when 2016 happened, I was like, uh oh, this is bad. But then I saw, you know, all the, you know, the women's march, everyone in their, you know, the the pussy pink hat marching. I was like, yes, we're doing something. Oh, we're getting angry. People were united. Oh, we're going to do this. I was like, all right. But then I just, all they did was they just kind of like made an angry face. I'm like, we'll show you. Look how angry we are. Mm." And I'm like, that didn't do anything. That didn't do anything. That didn't intimidate anyone. That didn't impress anyone. It just made the protesters feel good like they were doing something when they were doing nothing. And really, I was upset because you, know, you hear all these people, I'm like, we'll show you in 2020, we'll show you. Mind you, it's 2016, and I'm like, there are people who cannot live under this oppression till 2020. There's people whose the boot is on their neck right now. There are people of color. There are yeah. trans people. There are – and they need change now. How – selfish and how privileged for everyone to say love and light let's put out good energy let's keep our angry faces on until 2020 no we need to take action we need to actually do something it either has to be physical or it has to attack them economically and everyone's like no peaceful protest and i'm like gandhi's peaceful protest was an economic revolt that crippled the economy of britain and martin luther king jr it wasn't just oh we're angry protesting montgomery bus boycott economic attack Cesar Chavez, economic attack. This queer rights that I have because trans women threw bricks at cops. Violence and economic attacks are the only things that ever brought a lasting change of positivity to anything. It ended slavery in the United States. It ended monarchies. It brought about rights for people only through violence and only through economic attacks do we make change. And no one does that anymore. We just sit by and make angry faces.
0: Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with protesting, but there's got to be more than protesting. There's got to be some kind of effect that we can have, whether we make sure that people do the right thing when they vote uh, by giving them all of the real information and helping people suss out the difference between the bots and the fake news and the bullshit they're they're told from their quote unquote friends. I mean, you know, when you get down to it during an election season, you have a choice of two candidates. I, I, I appreciate the idea of a third party, but those folks only show up during election season. They don't do the hard work during mm-hmm. elections. I you don't hear from these people during midterms. You don't hear from these people until it's presidential season. That's the only time we see these folks. So I'm going to say your intention might be good, but you haven't done a fucking thing with it. I've been hearing this bullshit for decades, and no one does shit, okay? Nader was maybe the closest, and he didn't do it either. So that was, you know, pie in the sky as well. If you really want to have a third party, go ahead. But make it viable. Make it real. Do the work. And I don't see the work being done. So when I get hit with this, we don't like the choice you gave us, bullshit. I'm like, you didn't give us any other choices. What the fuck are you talking about? There's two. There's the Republican. There's the Democrat. Go with whoever aligns with you and your ideals and the hopes you have. There is no perfect candidate because you are never going to agree 100% with anybody. But you've got to do the right thing. Correct?
1: Yes. Oh, 1,000%. I say it in my War Magic book. You know, people are always waiting for this knight in shining armor to come and save the day. Right. And, but really, if a knight has pure, clean armor like that, they have not been in battle. They have not been on the front it's line. shit. Someone who's fighting yep. for the cause has dented armor, dirty armor. They're not going to look clean. They're not going to look prestigious, but they're doing the work. So exactly. There is no perfect person, and if they look perfect, they're not doing it. It's all a show. It's a razzle-dazzle.
0: Exactly. I just, I can't, I, I have been screaming about this for years now, literally, for six and a half years and i i keep i feel like i'm screaming into the wind sometimes but i can't do anything else but try to get people to understand the way the system works to understand that real change sometimes means you have to sacrifice the perfection that you want sometimes you have to go with good as opposed to perfect because perfect is almost impossible to obtain and i I don't know. I scream till I'm blue in the face. And I know people are sick of hearing it, which doesn't stop me, so I don't really care. I'm here 10 <laughs> years later. I've been doing this show for a decade, over a decade now, and I'm not going to fucking shut up anytime soon. So there you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, right on. <laughs> right on. We need that. Because, again, people people are just way too uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, It's we, especially, you know, the pain community. It's... Oh, no, a hex. Oh, no, a curse. You know, it'll come back times three, you know, all that, all that stuff people say when really, if you speak to any therapist, not expressing your anger, Uh bottling your emotions down is way more destructive. You Mm -hmm. need to let them out, let them out in a strategic, safe, organized way. Don't go willy nilly. But you need to express yourself, you know. Whether it's punching pillows in a therapy session, to getting out some righteous anger in a spell or two that does harm to enemies. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's all different ways to win a battle, and there's different people for different needs. But bottling our anger and shaming those emotions, oh no, that's that serves nothing but the oppressor. And
0: I will tell you, when I was a young witch you know, the idea of not harming anyone was very important to me because I felt like, you know, how could someone come against me if my heart is good? And then I learned a very valuable lesson. And the valuable lesson was harm at none means no harm to you too, idiot. And I learned that (laughs) from my patron saint, Dorothy Morrison. And she said, yeah, no harm, no harm to anybody, no harm to you. And I went, oh, Holy shit. Okay. (laughs) Turn around. Get this bus in the correct direction. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes you have to hurt other people to save the greater number. Sorry.
1: It's It's true. No, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true.
0: So I want to know, Tomas, what do you suggest um, for people who are good and angry, you know, and want to mm-hmm. do the right thing, how do you suggest folks organize? How do you suggest, uh, you know, you find people of a like mind? I see a lot of, listen, I've, I've seen a lot of magic done uh, from folks agreeing to do certain spells online. Um, I don't personally um, feel good with that because sometimes I feel like, well, maybe there's an infiltrator who's not pulling in the same direction we are, or maybe this is something we should just do individually. what are your thoughts about this and and what do you think we could do to better organize?
1: I th- honestly, the best thing I think we could do, I probably can't say because it will get us and the show arrested but um the oh, next okay. best thing yeah then the next best thing we could do is absolutely organize a, a lot of yeah. we just people just show up to protest and then it's kind of, I don't want to say it's a party because that's too flippant and it's not true, but we are not as organized right. and consistent with the organization. We show up for a protest. We say we're angry. We might do something. We might smash a few Tiffany's windows. We might blockade a freeway for a while, but then we stop.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it's like, okay, right. we've done that so much that, you know, the oppressors look at it and say, okay, we just got to wait a week. Let them yell, let them tire themselves, yeah. you know, like a crying baby. they'll cry cry themselves out the toddler they'll get angry and stop and that's what he's been doing so we need some organized consistency to keep it going we have to be the consistent mosquito the thorn that is always in the side we have to become so bothersome and we don't have to go for the jugular um, although that is the quickest and fastest way to justice um we we can be a tiny thorn and just stick it in there so every time they step until it drives them insane But it has to be organized and consistent. So whatever you do, whatever your avenue of protest or getting out, make it consistent. And if you do it every day and you get more and more people to do it, it becomes a nonstop force. And that constant pressure will create change, not temporary pushes.
0: You know, and I love the idea that that is the way to go. But I've got to be honest with you. I consistently lose heart because I feel like we can't even stop babies from getting killed. We just, I mean, we can't, even stop, we can't even protect our own kids. What the fuck? How are we going to affect change when we can't even, we can't even agree to put guns? To, listen, I used to be pro-gun. I'm a liberal who likes guns. I used to carry one for protection. I was a private eye in New York. I've had a bunch of different jobs. I've done a bunch of different shit. But we can't have things because America doesn't know how to handle things. So, you know, some of us are going to have to give up what we think we are quote-unquote entitled to. You know, this whole thing about gun violence, listen, it happened in Australia and they said, fuck it, no more guns, no more more shootings. Guess what? It worked. Why can't we do that? Why are we so fucking resistant to resisting.
1: I mean, we're very, oh. very selfish, extremely selfish. And if there's, you know, as you think of the pandemic, if there's a minor inconvenience to us, we're not going to do the, the thing that needs to be done or help others or think oh. of others. So it's, it's this extreme selfishness, which is brought up. But, you know, it's, and it's a number of things. It's, it's the... The poverty rate, which increases the need to survive, you know, because when you're, when you're just trying to survive, a lot of things, a lot of morals and ethics get skewed just for survival. And so economics has a play. The fact that we're such a melting pot country makes it that much easier to scapegoat them or others. Because you have Australia where you a hefty indigenous population, but a lot of Australians are pretty much the same. So you can't really, really point to those people. Because they, they themselves are those people. They don't have as many scapegoats. Oh. So it, it's a lot harder wow. here because we're so diverse. And diversity is great, but you got to have education. We see it in the schoolyards. I mean, you know, the smart kid is the one that gets bullied until they're taught that smartness is a liability. It's not something good.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's so fucking backwards. You know, It. it <laughs> do you have any kind of faith that we can turn this around at all?
1: Um, Because I don't. Honestly, not in the United States. I have no faith in this country. I have no faith in its people. Because really, I mean, after Sandy Hook, after the first time a bunch of children died and nothing happened, ain't nothing going to happen. If murdering innocent children is not going to change it, ain't nothing going to change it. I know that's very pessimistic. That's why I'm not for changing the country. I am for revolution.
0: I love that. Chop the tree down, burn the root. (laughs) Yep. And it seems like that is exactly what's going to have to happen. You know, there's been a lot of talk for many years about another civil war. And I definitely see it could happen. Don't you?
1: I can see it happening i think it's i don't think you know like you know like the communists used to say back in the 1960s and 70s the american people are not ready for a full-scale revolution um i think if it's a civil war i think the two parties who fight it will not be good either way it has to be a revolution from the people from the streets organized in that way organized and consistent through a central authority
0: yeah but i mean Nobody really looks, I mean, the people who went through civil wars previously, I don't think they were necessarily looking for it. But what, but you do what you have to do to, to affect change. When, when the weight of everything is so upon you that you cannot breathe, and I guess maybe we're still too fucking comfortable. Maybe that's the point. Maybe we do have to lose power. Maybe we do have to have all our food supplies cut off. Maybe it's going to take something Super drastic to get people to really organize, and it would be by neighborhood and people just banding together in a real sense. You know, there's a lot of jokes about, yeah, I the it's not a patriarchy. It's not a joke. It's not a fucking joke. That's the problem.
1: It, it, it's true. I remember um, I had a lot of, like, eat the rich and guillotine people. Um, Memes up (laughs) my Facebook page, and I remember uh, it making. Actually, I had to tone down my book a bit, and I would get things from the editor saying, "You don't really mean that to us, right?" And I was like, "I guess I don't. (laughs) I guess I Uh, don't." Backspace, backspace.
0: Oh man, I would love to have you write a real manifesto. (laughs) Oh god, the American people are not ready. Oh dude, I would. Let me tell you something. I've started doing these things, these rants, where I'm on by myself, and I'll write a statement, and I'll read the statement. And trust me, if you ever gave me the words to read it, I'd fucking read it because I don't give a shit. I'm already a fucking target. Who cares? Listen, I'm 60 years old, and my audience has heard me say this shit a million fucking times, too. But the road ahead for me is a lot shorter than the road behind. I better go out with a bang, and it better fucking mean something. Do you know what I mean?
1: Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean.
0: I'm not content to go out on a whimper. I'm not content to go out in my sleep. I'm not content to go out from a disease. I want to go out with it meaning something, with it saving somebody, with something. It's got to do something. Your life has to be worth something. I don't even yet know what my life is about. And I I want folks to understand that you've got to have a kind of purpose somewhere along the line. It's not enough to just walk through life. Like you write about these things. You write about things that encourage from other countries and maybe it'll light a fire under somebody to, to look at of, uh, you know, real radical magical activism, you know? Uh, like Michael Hughes yes. wrote about it, and and David Salisbury has written about magical activism. And, of course, these are people, in addition to you, who, whom I love and respect. Um, we need more of that. We need more of the, the activism. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like we're on the precipice where we need so much more encouragement, to do the right thing by the earth. And doing the right thing by the earth is to stop letting people destroy it, whether it's its ecosystem, its people, whatever it is. And I just feel, I feel lost a lot of the time because I know what I'm doing is not enough. So what do you suggest for someone who says, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. <laughs> How do I stay encouraged? How do I keep moving forward?
1: Um, it's really focused on the little things because you cannot fight the revolution if you do not hope. If you do not think you can win and engage in it, you've already defeated yourself. You cannot go into, you know, in the war in bat like an ancient battle with the sword in hand and think, uh oh, I'm gonna lose. That you can't, that does not win. You have to think I can do this. I can achieve this in everything in life. And so it's important in this too, you have to know that you have power. And it, you know, they say it in all the one and one one magic books, you know, don't go for the love spells, don't go for the big things first. You know, manifest the cup of coffee, manifest the parking spot, do something small to show yourself that you have power. It's the same thing in activism, even activist magic. Do something small, yeah. prove to yourself that you can, make one person happy, help one person get through life a little bit easier then you know you can do it on a grander scale, get friends, you know, amplify the power that way. But you have to, it's trite, but it's so true. You have to believe in yourself and that you can make a change so that you can make a change.
0: I just find it so frustrating sometimes because, you know, it's not just me. I have a lot of friends who are a lot like me who are angry and want to shake people and want to wake them up and want to affect lasting change, not not momentary change like you were talking about earlier. And, you know, there's definitely strength in numbers. And I may not see the – it just scares me that I'm leaving the world worse off than when I got here, you know what I mean? There's there there are going to be fewer rights at the point that I die if things don't change, and that scares me because I have younger people in my life that I care about and I want them I, I want them to have goals I don't want them to constantly throw up thinking about all of the horrible things that are happening and all of the bad things that aren't changing you know what I mean so I just it's sometimes it's really difficult. To stay positive, I know I have to. I you have yes, I agree with you. You have to believe in yourself, because if you don't believe in yourself, your argument already falls before you even start. I agree with that, mm. but there are just days where <laughs> I keep running into the brick wall and doing it again. Yeah, doing it again. Yeah, just so frustrating.
1: It is, and that's, that's, one, that's also the more positive aspect of why I wanted to write Warrior Magic, because with, with so much happening and just the seeming impossibility of, can I change this? It's so much. It's all happening all at once. I'm just one person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, by showing how the magical ancestors around the world have done revolutions, the gods they've invoked, the ways that to show you how it has been possible throughout time, throughout cultures, throughout different traditions of magic... We have done it. We're doing it now in different cultures. We're doing it elsewhere. We can do it here. These are examples of how it's happening. Know it can be done. Keep up faith, but we got to get it. You
0: know, one of the most powerful spells I ever did was so fucking simple. And I was super angry. And I mean, I was so angry. And my anger was very specifically directed at one particular person. And I had an object that to me represented this person. And I held it up to this guy and I screamed to my deities for justice. And that person's Mm. life slowly started to fall apart because I was asking, not because I was just being destructive to do it, it was a person that had hurt a lot of people in a lot of ways. And when you can build up that, that anger, that intention, because that's, you know, half of magic we always say is intention. And if you can build up that that head of steam and you can throw it like a fireball at the thing that is hurting you, don't try to throw it at everything at once. Pick a target. Because I think that's important too, don't you, picking a target?
1: Yeah, sometimes people get so angry they pick up the sword and they just slash out at everyone. Allies, people are trying to help.
0: Right.
1: Um, you gotta, right. you gotta focus it. It's, it's power, but it needs to hit the right people.
0: Yeah, and if you try to throw at too many targets at once, even if you have a bunch of targets, um, you disperse it too much that it really doesn't have an effect on any one thing. So I think it's really important. It's, it's kind of, again, it's like a fireball. If it if it blows up and doesn't hit anything, it, great, you had all that power, but now it's all dissipated. Be very specific. And it doesn't have to be the same target all the time, obviously. One day it can be this target. The next day it could be this target. But keep firing. That's the point, mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, yeah, yeah, 100%. You, like a, like a, what is it, like a, like a water hose. You spread it out over a wide distance, right? to too many things. It's too weak. But if you focus it on one thing, it hits with more power.
0: hmm Well, that's making me feel a little better. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good. I mean, it's, it's, it's not impossible. I mean, to quote, you know, Ursula Gein, you know, people used to think divine right and kings and queens in the day would last forever, and that is life. And now we think that's so silly because we've shown ourselves that it didn't have to be that and people stood up and took revolution the way the government is now, the way everything is now, it doesn't have to be, it seems impossible because everything's impossible until you do it. Right. We just have to prove to ourselves. We can do it.
0: Yeah, no, I think, you know, I think if we all try it, even as an experiment, if we all take the month of June and we do a rapid fire, daily. Pick a target. Get angry. Throw it there. One target. See if we can do something. Prove it to yourself that it's possible. Like you were saying earlier, if you, you know, if, if you don't believe you can affect change, you're not going to. You've already defeated before you even start, which is brilliant. And I think it's something that needs to be repeated. So I, I thank you for that because in this conversation alone, <laughs> You have actually given me more courage than I've had in months, so thank you for doing that for me. I'm very appreciative, but I want to know what you think um, what you think about that or if you have a different suggestion. I mean, because you can tell people to organize all day. <sighs> people don't organize. I mean, I would love oh, to see yes. Yeah. It. I think you know what I mean? I find yeah. I find it frustrating because people are very rah rah, and then they don't organize. I think something we can tell folks to do individually, or at least in their own homes, might be helpful. Do you have any suggestions on that kind of a scale?
1: Um, yes, use whatever talent you have and make it towards activism. If you're good with computers. Um, Hack politicians' accounts and find the dirt on them to blackmail them and get them in trouble and release and whistleblow on them. Find that out about companies. Use research. If you have monetary wealth, donate and bankroll the people who are out there doing things and making causes. If you are influential, you're popular, use your influence. Be an influencer to spread the correct information and just, you know, get rid of bad information and false ones. Do what you can because a lot of people, you know, when they hear warrior magic or I got to do things, people think they have to be the quote unquote warrior, go out to the protest, be in the mm-hmm. front lines, battle. But you know, if you've if you've ever played a game of Dungeons and Dragons or any um, RPG yep. games, you know, not everyone mm-hmm. can be the warrior. You need the bard, the singer who boosts everyone up to get everyone's energy and spirits up. That is important. You need the cleric to heal. You need people who are there to soothe and comfort the warriors. You need people who are doing the magic on the side and the wizards and the sorcerers. You need everything. A warrior is not just a person swinging the battle axe. It's someone who's in on the fight to win the war. Use your talents, whatever it is, and find out how can I use this towards activism? Because there's always a way.
0: I would like if you don't mind and you can say no of course but oh. <laughs> there's a there's a, there's a a paragraph in the book it's towards the end it's in post mission debriefing and I mm-hmm. would like to read this paragraph with your permission if that would be okay because for me, I,
1: this, I, this, go ahead I published that book for the masses so it is out there so <laughs> no shame in hiding okay. it now <laughs>
0: All right, I I love this. I I really love this, and I hope a lot of folks listening or who will listen to this broadcast will take the following to heart. These are the words of Tomas Prower, my guest tonight. And let me ask you this. you think abusive oppressors in positions of power will always play fair? Absolutely not. They will do whatever it takes to stay in power and continue their bigoted and harmful agendas those who are oppressed by tying their own hands with always having to take the moral high road as propagandized to them by the ruling elite are constantly at a disadvantage. Once bigotry and injustice are removed from positions of power, only then can the high road be followed. Until then, we're in the fight for our lives. Losing means the death of inclusiveness and justice, And with all that on the line, we must do whatever it takes to achieve victory and right the wrongs of the ruling elite. And I hope that is enough of a teaser for my dear listeners to go out and buy this book, Warrior Magic. Because I will tell you that just that paragraph alone has meant more to me in this past week than you can possibly imagine. Tomas, Please tell folks how they can catch up with you, and if you're giving any live workshops anytime soon.
1: Yes. um, Social media is probably the easiest way. I'm on all the social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, under my name, Tomas Prower, T-O-M-A-S-P-R-O-W-E-R. I have a website, again, my same name, where you can email me if you have more questions. Um and yes, over the summer in August I'll be at the New Orleans Hex Fest giving all sorts of presentations. Um I'll be in the Summer Salem Festival, um, virtually online giving classes. So I'm out there. Check my website for updates of where and when I'll be and maybe we'll meet up.
0: That's amazing. Hamas, are you working on another book right now?
1: I am always Always working on something. I never like to talk about it because I I work under the pressure system where if I don't talk about it, the only way I can get it out of my system is by writing it and thus keeping me on a deadline. Okay. <laughs> but um,
0: wow. Yes,
1: there's always something <laughs> in the works. Always something in the works.
0: Okay, so let me ask you enough, a different question instead. Can I convince you to come back on once that's done?
1: Oh my God! Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. No. One hundred.
0: I have to tell you, this hour has meant so much to me, and I am so appreciative of the fact that you took time out of a really long day after a full day as you put in. Thank you so much for coming and spending this time with me and honestly making me feel better and worse, honestly, but in good ways. You know, the you had mentioned on another show about getting into good trouble, and um, it's time It's time for all of us to really do the good trouble, get into the good trouble, make it worthwhile, be here for a reason. Thomas, thank you again. I I can't wait to speak to you again very, very soon. Thank you for another wonderful, wonderful conversation.
1: I'm I'm always glad to be here, and, you know, it's all for the good cause, the good fight.
0: (laughs) All right. You take care. I will speak with you soon. Thanks again. Have a great night. Bye. Ooh, guys, that was incredible. That was amazing. Please, go get warrior magic. Uh, justice, spirituality, and culture from around the world. Tomas Prower was my guest. He's amazing. You can listen to other interviews with him online. He was at and Con, and that's where I fell in love with him. So you have a great night, and check him out. See you next week. Bye.